Hello, welcome to the Dear Balladeer podcast, the podcast where we find the perfect song for your predicament. I'm your host, Sadie Gustafson Zook. Today on the pod, we are answering a question from a writer who is wondering how to spice up their sex life as a non-binary person. And we have such an excellent episode coming up for you all. And we have the perfect person answering the question. She did an incredibly thorough and comprehensive job answering the question. And her name is Heather May. So without further ado, let's welcome Heather May to the podcast. Heather May, welcome to Dear Balladeer Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited that this worked out. Um, Surprisingly, I had a hard time finding people that were excited to talk about queer sex on a folk music podcast. So I am always <laughs> down to talk about queer sex anytime, anytime. Um, can I, we don't know each other super well, maybe at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me just, can I ask you some questions yep, up front? Just, just get okay. in there, Sadie. Let's just do this thing. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe first, are you in Nashville right now? I am. Yep. And you live there? Yep. I moved here uh, in January of 2022. I literally had to go back and think about the year because I can't, I still can't believe it's 2023. Mm-hmm. Yep. I moved here um, just over <laughs> a year ago. Okay, cool. Um, I, I knew that because I lived in Nashville when you lived in Nashville for a moment, but then I left Nashville. Oh, cool. Um, Where are you at now? But, so I'm in Indiana. I'm in Goshen, Indiana, which is the town I grew up in. And I moved back and have a a house to myself, which is really nice, and family around, and um, I'm dog-sitting right now, so I have a dog with me. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, there are good things, and I, I miss being around more music community that I have elsewhere but also I recognize that like everybody lives in different places and so there's not like one place where everybody is it's funny I have never lived around people that like I am friends with I have for the longest time just lived in I lived where I grew up until I was in like my early 30s and then I finally moved to a music town Hmm. yeah so we did the opposite that's fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) um can I ask you, like, what in what identities are important to you? Oh, man, what an awesome question. I love that so much. I wish more podcasts, uh, podcast interviewers did that and just ask that straight up. Who are you? What identities matter to you? Um, I am a queer woman. I am fe- a femme. Um, I often will say I'm a queer femme because for me, femme um, is a part of my queer identity. Um, because I may look like a straight presenting person in a world where being straight is normative because we live in a heteronormative society. Um, but I believe that being a femme queer woman, meaning I'm feminine presenting, um, is is a part of my identity because it's important that we are represented in the rainbow. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I am femme does not mean that my queerness is erased. Um, And so it's even more important for me to represent that group of community of people who are, who look like me, um, who identify. Uh, So my femness is wrapped up in my queerness um, Mm -hmm. and I'm very proud of it. Um, I'm also polyamorous, so I love many, and um, that is something that I've only just recently started speaking out about. Um, I came out as poly um, in 2020, actually, um, on National Coming Out Day in October, October 11th, yeah, 2020, Um, and the reason was because I had been in a polyamorous uh, 
a relationship or a polycule, if you will, uh, where I had two partners who they were not partnered together, but we uh, were a family and are a family and are living together and had <laughs> it had been our truth for so long that at some point it just became like unbearable mm-hmm. to not speak my truth, which is so true for so many queer people. Um uh, and so we came out uh, during the pandemic and we're like, yeah, you know, everybody's living at home, taking care of themselves, being safe. My home has two people I love <laughs> <laughs> and we're a family. And uh, we just started speaking out about that. And um, it's really interesting that it's become as a social justice songwriter, you know, my what is important to me, I write about. And I had no idea how many People live like us. No idea. I had no idea. So I'm sure I'll end up talking about that um, later on in the pod. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> no, I'm I'm really excited that you're here and like that you can offer a perspective on that. I know that the letter writer that we'll eventually get to, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to tease it too much, but <laughs> um, that they are monogamous and but just to like yeah. have different options on the table to mm-hmm. talk about. I think that that'll be cool. Yeah. Um. Sweet. Do you, oh, what did you want to be when you grew up? I always wanted to be a singer. I always wanted to do this. I actually have a a little piece of paper that I wrote, uh, like a craft, where um, I was probably, I mean, I had to be so young that I couldn't really write out. So like the teacher had to transcribe whatever it was I wrote with the little, <laughs> they had to like say what I was actually saying in my tiny little, you know, hand script. And like, it's, it doesn't really quite make sense, but underneath it, you see the teacher writes, uh, when I grow up and then I filled in on my own and it's, you can't really make it out. And so instead it says, (laughs) when I grow up, scribble, scribble, scribble. And the teacher wrote, I want to, uh, I want to write love songs. Oh, well, isn't that the darndest, cutest thing? (laughs) So, yeah, I've always wanted to be uh, a writer of of love songs. Um, A lover and a writer. A A lover and a writer, (laughs) yeah. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. Um, Do you have other creative pursuits other than music that you enjoy? Oh, man. Ooh. Oh, this is that's this is I feel so boring if I say no. I have nothing. I, I am mean, that's okay. <laughs> I have other creative pursuits. Other I mean also pursuits. being you know, a musician involves a lot <clears throat> of creative pursuits. Like Yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting. Uh my mind immediately is going to my justice work, which I know is not necessarily creative work, but it does require creativity. Mm-hmm. I um I moved here to Nashville and um I realized that there were all these little groups of people that were gathering and um when you know, I mean, I moved here and I just realized like where the, I don't know. I just found myself asking like, where the fuck are, I don't know. Can I cuss? Oh God. You can. I can. Yes. Like where the fuck are all the queer people? Like, why aren't we all hanging out? Like, yeah, we have pride every, you know, summer, but like, where are we hanging? Where are people like, where's the place where we go when we're tired? Where's, and I just, I don't know. I just, at some point we were at like Americana It was in September of, last year and somebody said you know it's just been such an intense Americana fest like I would love to just like hang with some community and let's get brunch oh it was Mia Byrne Mia Mm -hmm. Byrne um, amazing Americana artist songwriter lives now in New York but used to live in the Bay Area and she was like I feel like I just want to be with some friends and can we just have like brunch and it was her and Madeline Finn and we just it was a it was a, a, a bunch of us and I just I had just moved into this house and I said you know I'm just gonna offer this I have this big dining room table and I would love to just have everybody over and I'll just like make a bunch of pancakes and call it you know queer brunch and it turned into 
four people and then it started at four people and it turned into 30 people in my home who all identified as LGBTQ or as I like to say, LGBTQ. <laughs> um, and just standing around talking and networking and eating pancakes. And it was the most magical experience. And all of us said it like, wow, that was just so, so many strangers meeting for the first time. Um, and then we did it again. And then we did it again. And we've done it now five times in my house. It keeps getting bigger. The roster of people that come through <laughs> is just ever evolving. People who are touring through who happen to see it or hear about it via text from a friend, they come. And we've had like songwriters, photographers, people who are not in the music industry at all. We've had pretty big names to people who are just getting started, who just moved here and are looking for family. And I think that if I had to say, what are my other creative outlets? My other creative outlets is like building community. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the only other thing that I do, like build community um, because I think it's important. It's impar it is imperative for us as for me and for women like me, for um, queer songwriters, for LGBTQ people, I think it's really important that we gather. And so I've done in the year that I've, I've since moving to Nashville, I've done a lot of community building and bettering of like connection. I think that is honestly the thing that I do. <laughs> that's an awesome thing to do. I wish that's I could say great. I paint or like crochet, but that's not really... <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, don't do any of that. <laughs> that's totally that's totally great that you do that. And like I think so many people especially like po coming off of the the most intense part of the pandemic mm -hmm. are just like really needing those kind of spaces and like right. opportunities to gather. And, and we don't take it for granted. We don't take it for granted. You know, now because we did before. And right. with what's happening in, I mean, this state, in the state of Tennessee, but in the country where they are really coming after us, it is so important that we gather. And so that is what I am actually, I just am kind of having a little bit of an epiphany right now, like <laughs> on this podcast that like I do music and I do community. That's what, those are my two things I do. That's awesome. I'm into that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Hi there. Sadie piping in here from the future. I wanted to let you all know that this podcast happens thanks to your support and the support of our Patreon page. This page is under my personal name and helps fund my creative projects. But as far as this podcast goes, by subscribing for as little as $5 a month, you will gain access to the exclusive members-only songwriter sessions, which is an extended version of this podcast where I dig a little deeper with the songwriters. We talk about their process, their experience of being a professional musician, and we just have a slightly more candid conversation. In addition to the songwriter sessions, some of the other perks of becoming a supporter are monthly songwriter accountability meetups online, where we check in, share what we've been working on, and dig into a little prompt. Um, you'll also have exclusive access to my musical catalog as well as unreleased demos. So that's pretty special. And sometimes I send out some handmade little goodies in the mail. So if you're interested in becoming a member, head on over to patreon.com slash SadieBGZ and join the coolest kids around. Are you okay with transitioning into the question from totally. the letter writer absolutely oh my gosh okay awesome um so this is a question that we received on the google form and cool. uh just a shout out anyone can submit a life quandary to the google form and i look at all of them um and anyway okay so here's the one for this week <laughs> well this month dear balladeer I'm a non-binary bisexual in a loving monogamous relationship with a man, but our sex life is lacking. Any advice on how to spice up our physical relationship in ways that also help me explore my gender and sexuality? 
Such a good question. Okay, so before so we much. like jump in, let's yeah. listen to your song. Okay. And then we can tackle it. <laughs> Gonna keep you sick, gonna keep you to myself Cause no one needs to know, no, no one needs to know Gonna put you over ice, drink you like a light You feel so good again and I'll be right I'm gonna keep you sick, gonna keep you to myself Cause you're in So can you just start off by maybe saying like, what made you think of this song when you heard this question? Yeah, well, first of all, um, I want to say that off of my last record, uh, this is the only song that really tackles the topic of sex, but I barely dipped my toe in. It was like, <laughs> it was like a little like, like a little tiny dip. I just like, and I don't even like really talk about it. I just kind of like 
hint at it in in so many different ways. Um, the struggle when I was talking about doing this podcast with you is how the next record has the next two records because I did a Kickstarter uh, where I raised funds to do two albums, one Americana Rock and the other Pop. They cool. both, and I'm cutting, they're coming out this fall and then in the spring of 2024. Um, and they both have so much sex on them. I mean, it's like, it's like basically like all the different angles that you could possibly talk about sex. <laughs> Queer sex, women's empowerment, um, fat sex, uh, as a, I'm also uh, a, I identify as a, a fat femme, um, and my body is large. I'm a size 18, 20, 2X, it's a whole 245 pounds. I'm a curvy, I'm a curvy, curvy woman. <laughs> and um, and so there's there's empowerment in having a body like mine talk about having great sex. Um, but when we were talking about this podcast, I was like, okay, the song has to be out. The, the one that came to mind was this one. And the reason is because... This person, their question was about how <clears throat> there's something that they want and they don't know how to grab it. And there's a little bit of fear. It, sound, it sounds a bit, a bit to me. There's a little bit of trepidation in admitting what you want. And also they have a partner clearly right and they're monogamous as we uh as you said and it just sounds like they're just they want to dive in they don't know how but maybe if it's getting to the point where i'm writing a podcast with a question they want it really bad and they're thinking about it a lot and so that's what in my head is it's like you can't stop thinking about it um and it also in my head also is about shame and dealing with, um, you know, no, 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 bad girl, don't do that. And like slapping your hand away. Right. And we are told this person is non-binary and we are told all the time in our upbringing to be good, be still, be sweet be silent, be the best we can be and submit. And as somebody who also is married, um, I for a really long time struggled with admitting what I wanted because I struggled with, is it too much? Am I asking too much? And I just felt like this in my head plays around with that because it's it's my voice, um, but I am singing from the perspective of somebody who wants something that is, it's all they can think about, all I can think about. And, but there's a holding back at all times until the bridge when you're like, when I, you hear me say, I need another hit again. And I'm, I'm begging God, like, please just stop me, stop me, like, help me. Um, and so... I have so many things to say to this person. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just felt like this song was really perfect because it's all about just holding back. But when you really just want to unleash yourself. Yeah. Are you thinking like that they're holding back in that relationship or that they like when you're thinking about unleashing yourself, are yeah. you thinking like unleashing into a more exciting yeah. sex life yeah because okay. like if you're getting if you're at the point where you're asking a podcast for advice on how to have a more um sexy <laughs> like like relationship with your partner and wanting to fuck around with gender roles like you've got something inside of you that needs to be unleashed yeah. And my first advice is to my first piece of advice is to not do what I do in the song. My first piece of advice is to communicate. You got to start talking. I have four I have four pieces of advice, which of course I'm Heather May and I love to talk, so that might change, but I have four pieces of advice, four things. Okay. Let's hear it. Um so my first piece of advice is to communicate. And it's called it's called meta communication. It's talking about talking. And I believe 
that it is one of the most essential parts of sex. It is so if you want to have the tear off your clothes, throw someone on the bed, take it from behind, flip them around, spin you like a pizza pie, lingerie, ripped off clothes, sweaty, sticky, I'm so exhausted, please give me a break kind of sex. The only way to do that truly is to have the boring side in advance, which is communicating. You have got to communicate. And you've got to communicate about how to communicate. It's called metacommunication. So for example, I want you to imagine, listener, that you're in bed with somebody <clears throat> and you're having the best time, but then an idea comes to you and you're like, oh, I really want to do this thing. And so you just do it. But the person's like not really in the mood or not really like that's not where they are. And then it's kind of like an awkward, uh, uh, uh. there's like a moment where it's like you didn't ask consent and that's not cool because consent is sexy. And then that person's like, oh, I feel bad because I would get there, but you didn't ask me. And then it's like this, oh, well, look, uh, 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 uh. well, you OK? I don't know. I'm not really like in it. OK, well, let's just we'll just like come back to it. Oh, the worst. <laughs> but if you had communicated about how to communicate when in bed, imagine you have an idea and you say the phrase that you two both agreed upon when an idea comes together. Like, are you down for a little like, I don't know, I'm just going to come up with something <laughs> like maybe your phrase for introducing a new thing is like. Are you down for a little blue sky? Like, I don't know, maybe blue, maybe you love, I don't know, airplanes. And so like that person just like, oh, what? Blue sky? Like, that's the phrase. Are you down for a little blue sky action? Yes. Yes, I am. Or you know what? Give me like five more minutes of foreplay. Totally. Foreplay for five minutes. How about now? Blue sky. Totally. Blue sky. What? Then the two of you are communicating and you're at this place where it's just open and easy and balanced and also consent is sexy so it's like fluid and creative and creativity is so so under like appreciated in media and in talking about sex I mean it just is like creativity is so important when it comes to the bedroom and so communicating in advance about the words that you'll use when in bed will really help to switch things up. Um, and also like, I want to try this thing. Are you open to that? And it's sometimes it can be awkward being like, Hey, you cool. With, like, I want to do this thing. It's like, Oh, <laughs> sometimes can be like a little, Oh, and sometimes people just don't have it. Like I'm a very smooth, suave a partner in bed like I am a performer I mean like I know how to perform in bed and like I know how to like yeah go from A to B to C like I know how to s smoothly but not everybody can do that not everybody can be like hey are you interested in da 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 <gasps> yes <sighs> right not everybody can do that sometimes people are like oh I don't know what to do so having some phrases that are like easy to navigate together really really helps so having phrases built out and planned in advance really helps. The other thing is this person is talking about gender roles and wanting to kind of play around with that. And I'm assuming, can you phrase that question? Can you say that question again about their partner? Yes. So they're in a loving monogamous relationship with a man, but their life or their sex life is lacking. Okay. Any advice on spicing up the physical relationship in ways that also help them explore their gender and sexuality? Yeah. So what's interesting about this is that they said man. They didn't say cis man. So I really want to make sure. I feel like I'm going to lean in. I'm going to lean in since they said they're non-binary. I'm going to lean in on that this person might be a cisgender male man. Um, and so sometimes switching of gender roles can be really tough. But however, if their partner is non-binary and they're still married, that's I, I feel like this I, is well, a pretty I don't think woke. they're necessarily married. 
they're in a or, loving monogamous relationship but loving okay good point thank you so much loving monogamous i think i read loving married i think i i said that um in my mind okay so if they're with a partner and their partner is non-binary and they're together still like i feel like in a way they must have like a semi woke partner like who is down with them being non-binary so i feel like I'm just going to go with the assumption that this, the man in their relationship is open to having conversations. I'm going to assume with that. If the next, because the next thing I'm going to say might not flow if this person, if you're in a relationship with someone as a non-binary person and your partner who is cisgender is a man, struggles with switching up gender roles or switching or being literally a switch in bed, it might be tough. The next thing that I say. So this is a whole other conversation. And the first thing I would say actually is probably if what I say in the next part, you can't conceptualize that with you and your partner, you guys need to probably go to therapy. Like, let's be real. If you are having a need and your partner is like, absolutely not. Yeah, that's something you guys need to work on. And you might need some help to do that. And there's no shame in that at all. I've gone to relationship therapy. I've gone to couples therapy. I've gone to marriage counseling. Sometimes you just need help navigating things and you don't know how to communicate with it. And you might be dealing with shame in, with your partner. Like they're scared. They're scared to do that. They're scared to switch off because they grew up in a society where men need to be masculine. And that's toxic masculinity and it's really shitty. And so it would be important for you guys to like navigate this with some care. Okay, I'm going to stop and pause that and say... Okay, but let's assume that your partner is actually pretty open and like loves your gender identity and loves your sexuality and is like, yeah, let's talk about I'm open to what works for you. Communicating in advance about that you're exploring this side, I feel like is so important. Like y'all should be sitting around the breakfast table and be like, so I had this idea before you're in the bedroom. Because when you're in the bedroom and you're naked and you're laying there, you feel vulnerable and it feels like you're supposed to do that thing now, but what if he's not in that space and you are and then, ugh, right? But if you're sitting around eating pancakes and waffles and some watching Parks and Rec and on the couch and you turn off Parks and Rec and you're just looking at each other and you just say, you know, I had this idea. We don't do it now, but like, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on me getting my own strap? What are your thoughts on me paying you? What are your thoughts on us switching up a gender identity? What are your thoughts on me using a vibrator on you? What are your thoughts on brr, insert all the things that you could possibly do, right? <laughs> then that gives your partner the opportunity to listen and be like, I'm scared, but I'm interested. Or to be like, yes, I am down. <laughs> Let's go to a toy store now. Would you like to buy those toys with me now? Or it gives them the opportunity, if they maybe are a little nervous, to speak without having to act in that moment, which is really important. Talking about things in, the, in advance when you're not in a vulnerable state of fully naked and I must do something now um, is my number one, my number one piece of advice. Yeah, I think that is really good advice for anybody. <laughs> for anybody, really, just anything. I mean, like, that's true for literally anything you ever want to do in the bedroom is just talk about it in advance before you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to, you said the creativity of sex, because I feel mm. like a lot of times... Well, like, sex is such a, like, playful activity. And, like, a, a lot of times I feel like you get into, like, uh, just, like, a more, ch uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to say it, like, childish, but, like, yeah. like, like the, ideally, play. like, the explorative. Yeah, we call it play. Like, yes, play. Play. Of that is something that is sometimes hard to access in other parts of life as an adult. Right. Totally. Um, oh, totally. Right. And I think that kind of leads me to my second one, which is learn about what your learn your kinks. Learn your kinks 
learn your partner's kinks. It's really hard in the moment. I'm a survivor. I'm uh, and it, for me, and not just not just a survivor, but I'm a survivor of rape, and I'm also a survivor of religious trauma. It is really hard for me. It was was really hard for me to in the moment to have a partner be like what do you want and for me to answer it without going I don't know uh whatever (laughs) because that's what happens trauma makes you fog out is what I call it for me there were times when my partner would ask me what I want and I would be in the moment I'm feeling vulnerable my naked and like laying there and your partner goes what do you want and I'm like fucking trauma just (laughs) graze everything out and I'm like I don't know anything you just anything just don't make me think right and there's so many women like me who struggle with that too and because we are told to be submissive and so how dare you ask for what you want because and so we just don't and it's almost like shame is every time we ask for what we want, shame comes along with it. And so it just chokes us and it makes us never say what we want. And this is why I say, I I say to all of my friends or anybody I'm ever talking to, like, talk about your kinks before you're naked. If you're standing in the kitchen and you're listening to your favorite playlist and you're flipping pancakes, um, and can you tell that I'm hungry? Because I like literally <laughs> talk, mentioned talking pancakes, pancakes twice. <laughs> and you're like standing in the kitchen, you're bopping around and you're like flipping pancakes. And you just have this thought of like, I don't know, rope. And you're like, mm. and your partner comes up and he's looking real sexy. And you're just like, you know what I want to do? Can I say something? Yes. Can we talk about something? And talking about it before you are in the act of it, it, it you feel braver. You feel because you're not vulnerable. You're not completely. Now, I want all, I want everybody to be able to talk about anything at any point when they're naked. Like ultimately, the goal is for you to feel so comfortable when you're naked that you're just like, tie me up, spin me around, spank this. Like, absolutely. But sometimes you're not there and it's harder to do it in that act. And so do it when you're flipping pancakes. Talk about your kinks. And one of the best ways to learn about your kinks, honestly, is to... You know, I mean, for me, I <laughs> I didn't know what I was into until I started trying a bunch of different things. And I know so many people, when they're first getting started, they just try one little thing and they start small, you know, instead of rope, they have a bandana and they just like put it on their hands or they use it as a blindfold or they, you know, I mean, like so many, there's so many different things that they could try. Um, And you can do it in a non, like you can go into play when you are not naked, you are fully clothed and you say to your partner, can we practice this one tie up? Like, can we just practice like tying my hands? There are YouTube tutorials. You don't even have to be in a sexy place just trying it together when you're sitting on the couch, hanging out. And then when the lights go out at night, being like, you want to try it again? And they've already practiced it. They've already given it a shot. And now they're going to do it while you guys are in an active, sexy play space. And Um, also they've been thinking about it for a while. Like you've given them, if they're like a responsive desire kind of person, you've given them a lot of time to think about it before you've like. Exactly. And then you walk out and you're in your lingerie and they're like, oh my God. And you're holding the rope and they're like, I'm feeling brave. Yes. I would like to try that. Um, and so, uh, playing with your kinks, you know, there's also like quizzes that you can take to see like what kind of kinks sometimes kink don't in- kinks don't even involve toys. Kinks can, and in- kinks can be watching, can be being watched, can be roles, which is kind of what I, the next thing that I recommend for your 
the question, the person that submitted the question is that playing with gender roles. Before I go there, I just want to say it's really important that this person actually asked a question about experiencing their liberation. But my recommendation would actually be to, I didn't say just explore your kinks, learn your kinks. I said, learn both of your kinks, because if you want to explore the side of yourself, you have to know what your partner is into. It's important for you to actually ask your partner, what would you be interested in me doing to you? It's not just what you do to me. It's what, what can I do to you? You don't know. Your partner might be interested in having the, you know, he might be interested in actually having the roles reversed because for a lot of men, I'm going to be honest with you, we live in a toxic masculine society where men are told they can't feel, they have to be big, they can't be small, they're never allowed to be submissive. You have to take over the world. And if you're not taking over the world and the person that you're partnering with, you're a failure as a man. And he might be super into allowing himself to feel small, to feel used, to feel like a rag doll, and to feel like getting tossed around and actually turn his brain off and allow him to just be submissive. I know a lot of guys, a lot of guys, and I live in Nashville, and so I'm just going to say this. <laughs> I live in Nashville. Y'all listen to their music. I know a lot of men who love to submit. And it's sexy and it is amazing. And they feel empowered and they are very good lovers. Let me just say that too. Let me just throw that out there. <laughs> so I, I think that it's really important that you learn your kinks. What are you interested in? You're interested in tying somebody up? He might be interested in being tied up. And let me tell you what, that's definitely fucking with some gender roles because you get to define what is, who is who in the bedroom in that point. And... That leads me to my next part, which is gender roles in and out of the bed. So I, <laughs> without revealing too much about my own sex life, um, <laughs> I'll just say that I, I love fucking with gender roles so much. I am called daddy. I call somebody daddy. Um, and... I love the idea of masculine feminine in bed. Like there's something so sex in whoever brings it up in whatever way. But gender roles are not necessarily presented in the way that you might think. You don't have to walk into a bedroom and be like, I mean, let me put it this way. I'm as femme as they come. I love lipstick and heels. But when I get into a bedroom with one of my partners, I am the only one calling the shots. And when I'm being called daddy, my femme presenting ass, <laughs> like, has... The world doesn't tell the world tells me that the way that I look, I never get to be dominant. And that's a bunch of bullshit. And so while I love and I'm so excited for this person who is non-binary to be able to experience gender identity, fuck around with gender identity in bed, I'm I'm really excited for them to feel that with their cisgender partner because there's pure bliss in allowing both partners to fuck around with gender identity because there are rules you don't even know exist in society that you are adhering to and then you get in the bedroom and you're like consent do I have consent yes do you have you have my consent we're good we're good we're good we know our code we know our safe words which for me I use red yellow green it's just really easy like so you never truly actually get to red the partner just says yellow which is i'm getting to the point where like it's almost too much like fantastic let's just stay in that 
Um, but then you have these beautiful roles that you don't even know you had been adhering to. And when you're completely consensual and safe to push boundaries, you just start realizing like everything that society told you is a, that you must adhere to, you get to make, you get to make it up in bed. And that's where the real creativity comes in. I'm really excited for this person to be able to explore um, their gender identity in and out of the bedroom, which is also like, let's talk about out, out of the bedroom, because sex doesn't just start in the sheets. Like sex, I will have my partner will be like cleaning and, you know, I don't know, going and getting gas, running errands. And my partner will place her hand on a part of my body and look at me. And I already am like, oh, boy. Excuse me. I know exactly where her mind is. And that is sex. There's this really amazing book called Come As You Are. I love that book so much. And she talks about the gas pedal and the brake pedal and her biggest thing in the book is that you do not (laughs) that you can press somebody's gas pedal if you know what I'm talking about you can press somebody's gas pedal when you are out you don't even need to be in the same room to press somebody's gas pedal you can say a certain thing or do a certain thing or present a room in a certain way or put perfume on and walk past them. You can wear cologne. For this person who's non-binary, you can switch in a way where the person, your partner realizes, oh goodness, this is how they're feeling today. Okay, wow. And so all day long, they can be presenting in another way until you get to the bedroom and now they are throbbing because all day long, they, they smelled your cologne. They knew you were packing that you wore that certain type, you didn't wear eyeliner tonight, you wore a bandana around your neck and that's a flag for this is what's gonna happen tonight. And so all day long, your partner has been like, like vibrating with, oh my God, I cannot wait for you to dominate me tonight. And did I say anything about touching? Never once in that day did you have to even touch your partner. They smelled you. They felt you, they saw you, and they knew all of those were just light taps on the gas pedal so that at the end of the night or in the middle of the day, if you can't, if they can't stand it anymore, <laughs> they're like, just take me now. You know, he's like, I, I need it. My mouth is literally watering. I need, I need, I need to, I need to, mm-hmm. yep, now. So I feel like it's really important important for this person to recognize that you can play with gender roles outside of the bedroom as well and that can be so affirming for you like all of those things are flags and lovely for your partner but for you um I've been with partners that have been exploring their gender identity and you know I have dated I've dated lots of people who were exploring gender expression, gender identity, um, whether they were trans masculine, trans men, butch lesbian studs. And one of the big things that I've seen a couple of times that has been really affirming for them is packing. And I think it's important as a cisgender person, like note that I am just talking from the perspective as a partner of somebody that packs, not a person who actually does this myself. So keep that in mind. Um, But as a partner of somebody who packs, I will say it is incredibly sexy when a partner of mine, and just just for people out there who are like, what the hell is packing? (laughs) Packing is sometimes there's like underwear that you can wear where you can actually wear like kind of like a pseudo cup. Um, It's sometimes it looks like, um, sometimes it can look like actually wearing a strap, which is a, a, 
gosh, how would I describe a strap? It's just basically <laughs> underwear that has, you know, a dildo hanging from it. What we don't call a dildo in the LGBT community. We call it what it is, which is a dick. And you wear it and you you tuck, just like a lot of guys do. You tuck it and you'll wear clothes. And um, But sometimes it's not actually like a dildo or a dick. Sometimes it's a, it's just a cup. It literally looks like a cup, you know, what you think of as like a padding that goes on protection uh, for um, sports. Uh, but it's foam and it's soft, but also hard at the same time. And a lot of people wear them and they feel like affirmed in their gender. And I've been with many people who have, you know, loved, they, they pack all the time. It's very similar to the like wanting, needing to wear a binder um, to feel like strong in your identity. Um, and as a speaking as a partner of somebody who likes to pack and has been with people who like to wear their strap when they're out and about, um, it's incredibly sexy. It is very hot knowing that your partner is just out there at brunch. We're getting, you know, mimosas, pancakes, pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> just for the third time pancakes we're getting pancakes and mimosas i'm drinking my coffee and my partner is like looking at me with her eyebrows up and i know exactly what they are thinking about Whew. goodness gracious so if you've had the communication with your partner if you and him are talking on the couch and you two have talked about your kinks and what you're interested in and you two have bought some new toys and he was there when you purchased your first strap so that you could pack when you're walking around and then you're at brunch and you're packing and he knows you're packing and the two of you are having this like moment where you're like both feeling so affirmed in your gender and he's proud of you like there's this really beautiful thing where he's just like nice proud of you <laughs> and then you get home and you're just feeling because what happens for non-binary or for trans people, when they are feeling what we call gender euphoria, is this beautiful confidence. And what do we love to have in bed? Confidence. So if you are affirmed in your gender and you are feeling yourself, that is only only going to improve your sex life because when you're not feeling yourself when you don't have gender euphoria when you're locked up and feeling sh and shame is just like got chains around your body and you don't feel good and your and identity and you can't be yourself and you're feeling locked up what do you think that's going to do for your sex life your partner can't infiltrate that and you can't even you cannot allow yourself to it you're 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 stuck and there's no amount of like adding in kinks that can help if you aren't listening to your identity and your needs and so thinking about ways that you can find gender euphoria that work for you maybe it's not packing maybe it's maybe it's a it's a special binder that feels just so good for you when you go out certain nights or maybe it's like a button-up blouse and a skirt maybe it's bow ties maybe it's ties maybe it's your partner teaching you how to tie your, a tie and then at night you tie them up with that tie maybe it's that you know for me I feel like when we are when we take care of our minds when we take care of our when we ask ourselves, who am I? And we allow ourselves to fully be that confidently, we have better sex. Which is like the fourth thing that I have to say, which is self-love. I think that we as a society shame people for masturbation. It is like something we don't talk about. You know, we can talk about sex all up and down. Talk about all the different types of things that you can do with another person's body but oh no talking about what we do to ourselves no 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 never never right and I think that really puts us at a loss because who knows our body better than ourselves <laughs> like I'm the best educator 
on what you can do with my body. I'm the best teacher. You want to know how to please me? Well, I'm the professor on how to please me. (laughs) (laughs) Heather May 101. Seducing Heather May 101. I am the professor. So this person talking about how to play with gender roles, do it when no one is around. Play with your identity and expression when it's just you. How do you like to be touched? What are you seeing in your mind while you are fucking yourself? Like, what visions are you seeing? See them. Talk to your partner about it. Baby. Again, pancakes. Sitting around the table eating pancakes and you're like, baby, you are not. Can I tell you about a fantasy I had? I came so fast last night. Let me tell you about this fantasy I had. I thought about X, Y, and Z with you. And then you did X, Y, and Z to me. And it was so hot. What are your thoughts on that? Again, communicating before you do it. Because if you aren't listening, if you aren't in tune with yourself, if you're not listening to your own fantasies, how are you going to know what you want? How are you going to know what to talk to them about? And that is important for all three of the things I talked about. Communicating, you got to ask yourself, sit with yourself, explore your gender identity with yourself. Gender roles, explore it when you're alone. Learning about kinks, explore it when you are alone. I think before this person dives into you know, exploring this new side of themselves and like you want to spice up your bedroom with your partner, start with yourself and then start communicating it and then start acting it out with them. That's what I have to say. Yeah. (laughs) That amazingly thorough. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like relating it to the song. I think that the, the, like to close it up, like everything I just said, like relating it to that song, like there's so much about holding back in that song. It's all in my head, in my head. And what I'm basically saying to this person is get out of your head and communicate with this, with this partner of yours. Do not feel shame. Don't hold back as a person who is non-binary. I, I feel like I feel like that you probably have been told your whole life what you can and cannot do. And it's probably put you in a lot of boxes. And I think it's important for you to maybe just take for the first time in your life, you're hearing a want and it's a craving. Remove shame. Let yourself unleash yourself. I do think that it's true. I mean, like I, I wrote, I don't think it's just this person. I think that this is true for, and I'm speaking to, I, I, I know that I keep saying women, but that is my identity. And, uh, but anybody who's a trans person or non-binary when that, when the next sentence I'm about to say, I think they will, they might be able to also relate it to themselves, but I'm just going to specifically direct it towards my identity, which is a, a woman Women are told from (laughs) watching Disney movies, from reading about women in history. If you were raised in the church, reading about women in the Bible. We are told, shh, no, no, no. What you want is not so important. And actually, you might not know what you want, little girl. I know what I, I know what's best for you. From our government, to books, to novels, to women in history, we are constantly told that women, we can't trust ourselves. We can't trust our own opinion of what we want for ourselves, which by the way, is not an opinion. It is the truth. That is my truth. 
You have an opinion on what is best for me. I have the truth. And so that relates to everything in our lives, everything in our lives. And isn't it interesting that in history and in literally medical journals, we are told that when we have sex, we think clearer, we are happier, our health, our literal physical health is better, our mental health obviously is better, we as humans thrive when we have orgasms, when we are having sex, which often aren't related. Sometimes they're not the same, but having physical intimacy, whether with ourselves or another person or for, we actually are more productive. We are happier. Our health is better. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that for eons, we have told, we have been told as women not to go after our own physical sexual satisfaction. Hmm. So if women aren't satisfied and women aren't having good sex, what that means that we're not as productive. Our health isn't good. We aren't happy. Hmm. What does that play into? Oh, I don't know. The patriarchy. If women are not having orgasms and great and or great sex, that means we're tired and we aren't our best selves. So yeah, of course it's a part of the whole thing to have women not be able to don't speak up for what you want. Because if we don't speak up for what we want, then they're winning. So fuck that noise. <laughs> I think it's incredibly important for women and specifically non, actually, I just think it's really important. I think it's important for everybody because at the end of the day, men deserve the, uh, there's a, there, (laughs) there are a lot of chains that tie men down. The thing that they tell make men strong actually makes them weak. I have seen men who have embraced their feminine side, who have embraced their identities and expression and have leaned into gender fuckery and submission and kinks. And they are some of the most productive, kind, caring men. Yeah. I think that the patriarchy has actually fucked us all. And if we can stop, if we can, if we can start listening to the boxes that we have, you know, just consented to, to, to keep us boxed in. I mean, I don't know. It just feels like if we can just stop and take some time to look around and be like, hmm, what boxes are keeping me down? we could actually actually truly have a hand in, in taking down the patriarchy, truly. And I, I actually do, I really do think that sex has, has magic in taking down the patriarchy, specifically women's sexual empowerment. Yeah. I'm sold. I love love the long pause and just the staring at me like, wow, who did I just have on this pod? (laughs) No, I mean, I think that that was all very concise and like this, it all makes sense. I am down. I agree. (laughs) I think this, this is really solid. I feel like we could talk for a lot longer about songwriting etc but um I feel like we have some really good stuff here and (laughs) I think that the letter writer will be very like yeah just from from so many angles just like 
I had notes of things I wanted to talk about, but you hit them all. So amazing. Feeling great. Awesome. (laughs) I'm glad I could help. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being on this podcast so much. Thank you for having me, Sadie. Yes. So where can people find you and your music? Yeah, I'm on um, um, heathermaymusic.com is my website, but they can just find me. I'm really active on social media. So Heather May Music is my handle um, on all of the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm trying to build my TikTok. So if you're on TikTok, come (laughs) hang out with me. And that's Heather May, M-A-E. That's right. All right. Awesome. To listen to Heather May's song, In My Head, again, you can look at her album, Glimmer, which is available wherever you listen to music. Um, And keep an eye out for her upcoming sexy songs that will be released over the course of the next year. If you would like to get in the mood, there is also an accompanying playlist for this episode, as there is for each episode, um, on Spotify. If you search Dear Balladeer, Season 1, Episode 4, you will be able to find the playlist with a lot of cool songs thank you to our patreon subscribers for helping make this podcast happen if you would like to become a subscriber um, and get access to the special extended version of the songwriter sessions um, visit patreon.com slash and again if you need assistance with a quandary and you want to hear a song about it visit the google form at the link in our instagram bio and send us your question We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Dear Balladeer.